You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Featuring Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author of 12 books and a 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated. Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality. And Christian Miller, a national championship winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. Welcome in to Big News Sports, Friday edition. Big, 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 big breaking news. Notre Dame quarterback, former Notre Dame quarterback, Tyler Buckner, has formally announced that he is transferring to the University of Alabama. What does this mean? What will the fallout be? Will the quarterback room shrink by one now that has been one edition. We got a lot to get into and a lot of guests to uh, give us their insight. But first, let's go to Matt Coulter. Matt, what's your reaction to this uh, news that broke about uh, about an hour and a half ago? Well, I think there's a lot of people that didn't even know who Buckner was on Tuesday. Now he's potentially the starting quarterback for the University of Alabama. Uh, I wonder two things right off the bat. Will this get an immediate uh, transfer portal use by one of the quarterbacks in the QB room before there were four, now there were five? And the other one, and I want to throw this one kind of right back at you, Lawrence, because I think of the three of us, you probably got a better idea of the national media view on something like this. I think it's a bad look for Alabama after quarterbacks such as he talked about this yesterday, Lars. Two of Matt Bryce, best quarterbacks perhaps in the nation over the past seven years. But then you throw in Coker and A.J. McElroy and Hurts. These guys weren't bad either. Uh, now the best program in the United States has to go after a quarterback. And I know Alabama's gone to the portal with great success, picking up Williams and Tyler Steen and Toa Toa. But is it a bad look, Lars, because it's a quarterback and because it's coming from Notre Dame? Well, I, I think it underscores the fact that Nick Saban isn't necessarily 100% pleased with uh, the progression of the quarterbacks on his roster. And he wouldn't be offering uh, this scholarship to Buckner uh, unless he was going to give him a legitimate shot at the starting job. And I don't think Buckner would have taken it unless he believed he was going to have a legitimate chance at the starting job. And uh, from what I gather uh, in, in talking to some different people, that uh, Alabama was his first visit, and he had a couple others lined up. But he was so just kind of blown away by uh, his experience in Tuscaloosa, his discussions with Nick Saban, and his uh, discussions with Tommy Reese, his former offensive coordinator at Notre Dame, who is now the offensive coordinator at Alabama, that he just decided to go ahead and pull the trigger. 
And in a way, this, uh, it, it does benefit Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson because those are the two guys who are competing for the starting job this spring, right? But the NCAA transfer portal window for undergraduates closes at the end of the day Sunday and will not reopen again until December. So this means that Milrow and Simpson must decide by this weekend whether or not they want to transfer or remain at Alabama this weekend. And again, this is just from what I'm hearing is that Ty Simpson is firmly staying at Alabama. And that, that, Again, that that comes from multiple people, and, and I'm sure that is subject to a possible change. But uh, if there is a likely candidate that would uh, be looking elsewhere and perhaps will enter the, the transfer portal, I would think it would be Milrow. But again, uh, that that is not sort of uh, etched in stone. That is just uh, what... Uh, the people who I trust are, are, are telling me, but I think everybody at, uh, in the Malmore facility is still trying to process this information because it happened so fast. But again, I think it underscores a larger point that Coach Saban is not, uh, uh entirely satisfied with where Alabama is at the quarterback position. I mean, that's just a d- deductive logic, correct, Matt? Yeah. I want to get Christian Miller's thoughts on this, just uh, your overall view on this and what it moves, what it means moving forward with a quarterback for Alabama. Yeah, man. I mean, I think it makes sense, right? Talking about a guy that's familiar with Tony Reese, familiar with his system. Uh, he's looking for an opportunity after Sam Hartman transfer to Notre Dame and there's an open quarterback battle going on at Alabama so why not call your coordinator and uh, put your name in that race um, but I think people still need to understand you know this isn't just giving him the job he's got to go in there and compete um, we'll see who ends up staying who ends up leaving but as of right now I think everybody still has a fair chance at winning the job you just got to be a competitor and go out there and fight for the job I mean that's pretty much what it boils down to I'm not a guy that has some experience playing in a couple big games but not many um, I don't think he's elite. He's more of a game manager, but he gives you a chance to win football games. And I think that's what matters. I mean, at Alabama, you have a great defense. You have great weapons. You don't have to be elite to win here. And I think we've seen that in Coach Saban's earlier years. Yeah, and I, I, I think we also need to keep in mind that Buckner does not have a lot of experience. Uh, his junior year of high school, uh, he missed a lot of time with a knee injury. Senior year was wiped out by COVID, and I believe at Notre Dame he's he's thrown about 120 passes. He's he's had about 120 attempts, so it, it's not like he's played a lot of football. Um, and uh, yeah, he this last year he he began the season as a starter for the Fighting Irish, and then suffered a shoulder injury in week two that kept him out for the remainder of the regular season. And, and Matt, a, a, as we talked about yesterday, remember he returned for the Gator Bowl against South Carolina, uh, and he was uh, a little up and down. Right, he threw a, a couple pick sixes, but he also threw for two seventy three. 
rushed for 61 yards, scored a total of five touchdowns, helped Notre Dame beat South Carolina, and he was uh, named the MVP of the game. And uh, I, I agree with Christian. I mean, well, actually, uh, let me ask you this, Christian. Um, I've just been told repeatedly over the years that Nick Saban doesn't make any promises to players when he's recruiting them, right? And and it's just it it always comes down to performance on the field. So I think we can surmise that it's the same situation with Buckner, correct? Yeah, and I've said it on here, and I'll say it again. There's no handouts in Alabama. Just because he's committed here does not mean he's named a starter and he's going to have to go in there and compete. He could show up on campus and be awful, and, and they still put him out there just because they, they got him from the pool. Absolutely not. Um, so, again, I think it just it gives them another option, that quarterback, a guy who's familiar with the system that Tommy Reese is going to run, a guy that played against Ohio State last year, a guy that played in the Gator Bowl, um, Again, you know, he's not polished. I wouldn't necessarily call him an elite quarterback. Uh, he just gives you another option, another guy in the race. Um, and, and that's pretty much what Alabama was going to tell him, that he had an opportunity to compete. And, and that's what he wants. And, and he understands that. Alabama understands that. And that's what it's going to be. Um, so I don't, if I'm Ty Simpson or Jalen Milrow, I'm not necessarily jumping ship just yet. I mean, you, you also have business decisions to make. Uh, but at the same time, you very much still could end up winning the job. Um, this isn't necessarily indicating that they don't necessarily have faith in these guys. I just don't think either one of those guys necessarily separated themselves uh, enough um, to convince the coaches that they would be the guy uh, as of now. And, there's, and that's okay. There's still time uh, before they start training camp. There's still time before the first game. There's still plenty of time to go you know, back to the drawing board, get better, compete. And uh, that's what they're going to have to do to give themselves the best chance. But, um, again, I mean, it, it only makes sense. The guy that uh, I think he was actually committed, or excuse me, recruited by Alabama coming out of high school as well. Coordinator just came here from Notre Dame. I mean, it, it, I don't think this is really surprising. Um, I think it just makes a lot of sense. Christian, do you think from a national standpoint it's a bad look for Alabama to have to go searching for a quarterback? No, I mean, I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad uh, look. I mean, again, Coach Saban said it in his press conferences. This is nothing new. I, and I've been saying this. I didn't say it publicly, but I, I was not shocked that they would be in the portal if a quarterback became available. Uh, that's the nature of this business, right? I mean, that's what college football is at this point. It's pretty much a business. And Coach Saban is in the business of competing and winning championships. And if somebody becomes available that they feel um, can add to the team, that can be an asset to the team, uh, that can contribute to the team, whether this guy ends up being, uh, you know, a security blanket at the, at the back of quarterback position or your starter. Uh, he helps assist the team and he helps contribute and add value to the team. So they're going to accept it. Um, it's the same at any position. I mean, we have great players all over the field. But I guarantee you, if, if one becomes available, Alabama would, would accept them if they thought they could help out. So I don't think it's a bad look, man. I, I think, again, it makes sense. You don't necessarily have your proven winner at quarterback just yet. So why not give another guy who has, again, not much experience, but some experience, give him a look, give him a chance. Because at worst, he becomes a security blanket at back of quarterback, which he was going to be at Notre Dame. Um, and at best, uh, he's your starter. And again, I compare this guy to more of a game manager. Uh, 
here's the thing at, at an elite program, I know we've had the luxury of having elite quarterbacks, but you have to look at it again. You go back. The defense was typically, you know, what Alabama was known for. Then they kind of had these game managers at quarterback. And, and if you look at Alabama's roster, they have a stable of running backs that they get back to running the football first. All you need is a solid checkdown with really, a quarterback that can make those throws here and there, you know, stretch it when he needs to. But realistically, if he takes what the defense gives them, they run the football effectively. The receivers, you know, step up and, and give them some good uh, looks. Uh, I think, you know, you can have a, a good quarterback and still be successful. You don't necessarily have to have a great quarterback, at least in Alabama's case. Uh, in other schools, in other situations, you probably do. But in Alabama's case, you don't necessarily have to have a vice to be successful. Good stuff. More good stuff is on the way. Andrew Bone will join us as we talk about recruiting and all and transfer portal. We're bringing the bone on. Big news sports. Big news sports. Brought to you by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. Post in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, to 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. This is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home 2 Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Hi, I'm Mace, right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. We'll maintain the chance of some rain at times this afternoon, the high 72. Tonight, cloudy, a chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms, the low 60. Tomorrow, the chance of a shower early in the day, then becoming partially sunny. The high tomorrow at 75. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 66 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best sports talk in the state, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. There's a very bad quarterback. Max Holter just fumbled the ball, let's put it that way. Back on Big Noon Sports. Andrew Baum will be with us next hour. At the bottom of the hour, Mick Gillespie will be on, and he can certainly add his opinion to what's going on 
at the University of Alabama. And we've talked about Buckner, but why don't we shift to the National Football League? I was looking at one of the many draft mock drafts that you've got out there, but um, AL.com, I believe it was Mike Rodak, broke it down. And it got Kuyper's uh, opinion. He got ESPN's opinion. He got Fox Sports. Every one of them said Bryce to Carolina. So, Kristen, can we follow up and lock this in uh, until – Seven o'clock tonight, or you just want to wait? Yeah, uh, with the draft, we never know. Highly likely, we see that happening. I think everybody's on the same page with that. Um, but again, NFL draft sometimes you just never know. Yeah. Surprises do happen, but I, I, I think Bryce is a lot to go to Carolina, and rightfully so. You know, they've been lacking good quarterback play for years now. They've been fine on defense. Um, actually, uh, above average on defense. They, they've helped bolster that offensive line the past couple of years, and now they really just need a quarterback. And uh, I think he's a safe lock. I just think he's um, just in, in a level of his own in terms of these other, uh, you know, the quarterbacks in this draft, right? I, I think C.J. Stroud uh, initially was kind of up there with him. And then, you know, hey, I'm not, not going to say just the reports, but I think we just kind of see that Bryce is kind of separate himself. So, yes, to answer your question, man, I think he's pretty much a lot to go to Carolina. Hey, Lars, it looks like some people are picking Jamar Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs to go to the Bengals. You okay with that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cincinnati could use a home run hitter, uh, in the backfield and, and Joe Mixon, uh, his contract just balloons this year and he could be a post, uh, June one cut. But, you know, for tonight, there, there's a lot of intrigue surrounding the number three overall pick and that's, uh, the Arizona Cardinals and that, uh, according to Diana Rossini, of ESPN, and she is really locked in. I mean, she she does a good job of covering the NFL. Uh, she's reporting that the Cardinals are weighing trade offer, offers from multiple teams, and um, and and according to uh, Pro Football Talks, Michael David Smith, who's another um, really good reporter. He he is just saying that uh, uh, that that C.J. Stroud looks like he may actually bounce back and become the third pick, with the most likely scenario being that the Tennessee Titans trade up to get Stroud at three. And so um, it, it all kind of depends on what the Texans do at two. Um, you know, there, I can't remember a time when there was just so much uncertainty at the very top of the draft and there is tonight. And, um, you know, the, the, I think the Texans most likely are going to go defense. It's possibly Will Anderson, uh, possibly someone else. But, um, yeah, I, I think, 
I think Stroud, you know, it, it, there was like a smear campaign on Stroud for uh, a few days, uh, you know, with, uh, various scouts and NFL insiders uh, critiquing his ability to process information and, and um, you know, his, uh, his, his ability, his, his, the score that he, he had on, on that uh, test um, that, that measures his ability to process information. Uh, which apparently was very low, and Bryce Young's was very high. And um, I got to say, like as a reporter, I don't know if I would I would go with that information because all that does is is, is damage CJ Stroud. Like what, what if if the NFL teams already have that info, which they do? What's the yeah. point? What's the point of embarrassing the kid? I, I just I don't understand it. It, it. To me, it's irresponsible because you have to ask yourself before reporting something: what is the greater good here? And you also have to be empathetic, right? And oh it, no, it, Lars, it's all about clicks, man. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying. Really I'm just saying that it 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 it, it uh, to me it's borderline unethical if not flat out unethical i think it is i think it is and and let me interrupt here just for a second you're very kind to ask one of your students and i don't know if i should mention his name so i won't but part of his final project or whatever was to interview me and you said uh, you recommended it but that's the last thing i told him i said man keep it straight down the middle you know, everybody wants you to pull you left or pull you right or pull you towards Alabama or pull you towards CJ. Uh, keep it in the middle, you know. Do do your job the way the University of Alabama and Lars Anderson taught you. Um, he totally agreed. So uh, I think I've helped carry us not just off the track but down pit road. But sometimes I just I get so aggravated at what journalism has become. And yeah. damn it, we we need more Lars Andersons in the world that are teaching it the right way. I'm not saying they're teaching it the wrong way. Somewhere along this pipeline, Lars, reporters just get sideways. And wish yeah. you could tell me how that happened. I, I look. I, I don't know who the first reporter was to uh, tweet that information out, but CJ had to respond to it yesterday, right, about the reports. It's called the S2 Cognition Test, uh, test. and uh, that uh, allegedly it scores uh, uh, your intelligence, processing, and reaction time. And, you know, Stroud basically came out and said, I know what I can do on the field. I know I can process very well. I know I'm very smart. Uh, you can't play at Ohio State and not be smart. You know, just the, the fact that CJ has to come out and, do, and, and tell people that he's smart. It, 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 it's really, it, it, sorry, it really rubs me the, the wrong way. And, uh, it's just not fair to, uh, to CJ. And, um, and you know, it, gosh, if you go and just look at the tape, as Christian always says, tape doesn't lie. And, uh, I, I really hope, Matt, that, uh, you know, I, I'm not like either, any of us have a dog in the fight, but I hope that that the, the that this uh, test doesn't end up hurting him because of the public perception it's created of him 
by the fact the reporters release the information. Do you agree? Yes, I do. And here's another example of how these social media platforms can actually influence the betting odds. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, but I read more about it this morning, that Will Levis, where the odds go to 40 to 1 to 4 to 1 because of a Reddit post? I mean, somebody said that they heard he said he was going in the first round, and that pushed the odds in Vegas? Man, Christian, that's crazy. Could, do you think you could get on social media and uh, and influence? I mean, you got a lot of people. You, you could get a lot of followers and influence whether or not Bryce went to the Panthers. This is crazy. Yeah, I don't think I could. I don't think many people could. Because here's the thing. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, they could influence, uh, you know, betters. That's really what he's influencing, uh, right? He's not influencing the GMs and the front office personnel. And those are the people who are ultimately going to make the decisions and pull the strings on who gets drafted and where they get drafted. Uh, but with all that being said, I think you look at a guy like Will Levis and even Anthony Richardson. I, I just don't see those guys. Those guys to me just, um, it's either boom or bust, I feel like, right? And uh, they just kind of concern me. Um, CJ Stroud so much not, I wouldn't say he's in that category. I, I have a lot more confidence in him, uh, watching him on tape. But to go back to Lars's point, uh, this is how the NFL works, right? They, they, they're they looking for reasons not to draft you. Coach Saban used to always say you want to be an and guy, not a but guy. You want them to say he's a great football player and he tackles well and he can rush the passer. Um, you want them to have ands. You don't want them to have buts. You don't want them to say, oh, he's a phenomenal football player, but, you know, he struggles in space, but he has off the field issues. And so that's pretty much what these, these, uh, the front office personnel and GMs are trying to do. They're trying to find reasons on why they shouldn't draft you because number one, then they can get you for a much cheaper price. And number two, uh, that, that that's just kind of the nature of the beast. And we see that year in and year out. Uh, just like Bryce Young. Right. What's what's his butt? His butt is he's five, ten, five, eleven. Right. He's not. But he's not tall enough. Right. But he's too small. So and that's kind of how the NFL works. And you just got to roll with the punches. It's unfortunate that a, a young man like CJ Stroud has to go out and defend um, his own intelligence over a test. I mean, I get the test is, you know, for, you know, play processing and, and uh, you know, how quickly you can diagnose things and how you see things and read and react. Um, but that doesn't define him as a football player. That's why I hate. Sometimes uh, the theatrics that they put on uh, with the combine and all all the testing that they do, because at the end of the day, it's about what you do when you're on the football field and how you play football. It's not about the score that you that you make on a test. It's not about the 40 that you run or the vertical that you jump. It's about what you do when you put pads and a helmet on, you go out there on the field and you're doing your job. And uh, I think people have to realize that you can't lose sight of that uh, when you're making these decisions. And, and I'm pretty sure these uh, general managers and head coaches and, and uh, front office personnel, I think they're well aware of that. And uh, they ultimately will get the guys that they feel like can contribute to their organization and help them accomplish all their goals. And that's ultimately winning the Super Bowl. Guys, before we go to break, I got to give a massive shout out to Aiden, our producer behind the, behind the glass today. It's not just Aiden. It's Aiden and his eight-month-old. Is that right? Seven. Oh, cool. Seven-month-old. Daddy daycare. Aiden oh, is wow. a man who can uh, multitask with the best of them. Uh, the, 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 what's what's the baby's name? 
Uh, Abigail. Abigail, yeah. And, and Abigail, oh, she's got the sweetest little smile, and uh, she's not crying, and you know, she's looking at me. Uh, uh, just, uh, I, I've been there, uh, Aiden, and uh, just good job. I mean, you're, this is the, this is like the picture of a kick butt dad right I, here. I, I greatly appreciate that, Lars. Uh, I've seen him with her before. He loves that little girl. Who wouldn't? But uh, by the way, uh, bringing a seven-month-old is a little bit different to burn, to uh, bringing three blonde hellions into a studio. <laughs> we'll be right back. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. And, Lars, the same question. Is this a bad look nationally for Alabama, who's had a history, not just the last seven, last 15 years of having outstanding quarterback play? I mean, I was just – I don't think it's a good look. I mean, and, and honestly, like, when I saw that that he put himself in the transfer portal, I wasn't thinking Alabama. I, I'm thinking Miami, Ohio, or somewhere like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I watched the game against – Marshall and um and I watched the game against South Carolina so I don't think he's as bad as he played against Marshall and I don't know that he's going to be as good as he was against uh South Carolina but I really felt like Ty Simpson and maybe he's still going to do it I I just felt like at some point it was all going to click for Ty Simpson and that he would be the guy but you know Nick Saban's watched a ton of football and Tommy Reese must not be happy with the way that these guys are picking up his offense, you know? So even though I, <laughs> this isn't a big splash, you know, that we, we, we kind of thought would happen. Um, you know, maybe, maybe that's why they, this happened, but I don't think it's a good look at all. Yeah. I, I, mean, I just, I urge y'all to remember though, in 2014, we had Blake Sims, uh, right. Who was pretty much, uh, the anticipated starter. There's a lot of question marks around him because, you know, a guy that didn't have too much experience, they moved him around and on, and, uh, in practice, he played, uh, a number of positions. They brought in transfer Jake Coker, who everyone expected would have been the guy. And guess who won the job? Blake Sims. It wasn't until the following year that Jake, uh, Jake took over. Um, so uh, again, I think you just got to let these things kind of play out. I don't, I don't think it's a bad, I mean, was it a bad look then? I mean, again, Blake Sims still took us to the playoffs and we very much could have won a championship that year. Um, so I, yeah, but I, just, I don't, I don't know if it's a bad look. I think it's just part of football, right? I mean, sometimes you get the recruits you want. Sometimes you don't get the recruits you want. And sometimes you get guys that you think you want and then they get on campus and they're not who you thought they were. You know, you can't be perfect on everybody and, and 
again, with the transfer portal, that's the luxury of this. I mean, yes, you have the, uh, you can lose guys through it, but you also have the luxury of gaining guys through it. So this is kind of where we're at, but, uh, I guess we're running out of time. So make out, are you staying for another, uh, another segment? If you guys want me to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, more on big men sports. We'll get into Alabama in the draft. The NFL draft is tonight. And no one on earth is more excited than Mars Anderson. <laughs> we'll be right back. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal. Holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing. You. Call Call Haley on her cell. Yes, her cell. 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. The Tuck Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. The universal truth of women's shoes. The cuter they are, the more they hurt. You have to put your best foot forward, and if your best foot is an ugly shoe, oh my goodness. Lisa Ann thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good until she got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Good Feet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Tuscaloosa weather. We'll maintain the chance of some rain at times this afternoon, the high 72. Tonight, cloudy, a chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms, the low 60. Tomorrow, the chance of a shower early in the day, then becoming partially sunny. The high tomorrow at 75. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 66 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big News Sports, the last team, that side of YouTube. First of Alabama football on 3Network. You can find him on many different platforms. Mick, I'm about ready for the draft. No other reason. Everybody keeps saying, is, is Bryce number one? Now, let me say something here. Bryce is going number one. I want to move on to a couple of players from Alabama uh, and, and you throw in a couple more, too, that I think have the potential, Mick, of being steals. And um, I think Latu is one, and the other one is Toa Toa. Uh, look, I, I think Brian Branch is going to be a steal. I, I really do. I, I, I don't know that he wasn't the best player last year on defense. And, um, and then, um, you know, Gibbs is the other guy. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm seeing where maybe Gibbs ends up in Cincinnati. That would be with Joe Burrow, pretty good spot for a guy that could catch him run like that. 
Um, so much of this, guys, is just like where you get drafted and what team you're playing for, you know, and and the situation that you're going to be in. Um, you know, so look, if Latu got on the right team, yeah, I mean, he could be, you know, uh, he could be a steal. Um, and, I, and I think that's what's kind of fun about watching the draft, I mean, because I can't wait for it tonight to see where these guys end up. Mick, um a player who is very intriguing to me is Will Levis and just how he, uh, the, the quarterback at Kentucky, how he's really shot up the draft board. What, what, what is your take, your analysis of Will Levis and how his, how his style of play will translate to the NFL? You know, there was a guy the Cubs had in baseball. His name was uh, Felix P.A. There's another guy named Junior Lake, you know, and these guys were like super athletes, you know, like uh, in the camps, they were great, you know, they could do everything. And then when the game started, they weren't any good. We call them scout killers. And um, they were both bust. And I kind of feel like Will Levis is a scout killer. You know, like you go out and you watch him and practice in the camp and you, you put him on the scale and you get his height and weight and, you know, you talk to him. But then when you watch the game and, and, and live bullets are flying, you know, he's not that good. Um, he doesn't make good decisions with the football. Um, he, he didn't scare anybody last year. I mean, even against that Tennessee team, that had that off, you know, pretty bad defense. I don't want to say awful, but bad defense. I mean, they won because of offense. The guy, you know, I, I look at his numbers. I mean, I want to say maybe he threw for like a hundred yards or something. Like it, he's just not that good to me. But you know, everybody's talking about him, and he's he's that guy where he there's a chance that he could go first. You know, I, I know it's crazy because I'm I'm with you, Matt. I I know Bryce Young's going first. But, you know, you look at where the betting lines are, and, you know, he's got pretty good odds, <laughs> which, to me would, which to me would be, I mean, I think it would be absolutely crazy. And maybe I'm wrong, you know, but I, 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 when you watch the game tape, um, it, it's just not that good to me. No, Mick, I don't think you're wrong because I, I agree with you on Will Levis. I mean, you, you watch this guy. Yeah, he has one of the most talented arms in this draft. He can throw the ball. Uh, he's a rocket for an arm, right? But what 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 really gets me uh, tripped up on him is his decision making, and that's something that, that's difficult to work with. I was listening to Roman Harper, and his comparison for him was Sam Darnold, and I love Sam. He was one of my teammates in Carolina, um, but you're talking about a guy who had a phenomenal arm, uh, you know, a superior arm talent. Um, but in these game situations, the decision making and just some of the throws, uh, just put him in position, uh, for, tur- for turnovers, couldn't protect the football. And, uh, it's one of those things where a guy who has all the talent and tools to be one of the top talents at the quarterback position, but just really struggles at putting it all together. Um, so I could really, that's, that's why I was saying with him, I, I really do feel like it's kind of a boom or bust situation for him. Um, cause again, I think if he can clean up the, the turnovers and the decision making, uh, and gets in the right system with the right coaching staff and the right office, I think he could be a great player. But I, I think a lot of variables have to, uh, you know, fall intact for that to happen. And sticking with quarterbacks, give me your top five quarterbacks, 
uh, in this draft and rank them one through five. I know we're going to have Bryce Young at one, but after Bryce, who would you say two through five would be at the quarterback position? And, uh, the, you know, do you, do you see a guy like Hendon Hooker being in there higher than some people have? Because I think he's another guy that could sneak up draft boards as well. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm glad you brought up Hendon Hooker. I'm surprised that Hendon Hooker hasn't gotten more, uh, of, of, of a run. You know, because he's the guy that we're not talking about, you know, and um, and, and part of that is the system that he played in uh, at Tennessee, because, look, I mean, it's not like he was like fitting the ball in small windows. But uh, but I like him a lot better than Will Levis. You know, I like him better than Anthony Richardson. Um, you know, so I would probably put him second. And then um, I'm so afraid that the Ravens are going to take Richardson. And he's another one of these guys that, you know, he, he can do a lot of stuff. But when you watch him in the games, making decisions, just like you talked about, like the decisions weren't that good. Like, and maybe he's, you know, I think teams are saying, hey, what, what you know, maybe he's the next uh, Patrick Mahomes who, you know, in college didn't win a lot of games. But he also, Mahomes played on a team that wasn't that good, you know. But, I mean, I look at Richardson, and I'm trying to find the best game that he had. And, I mean, I guess it, it was Utah. Um, so, I'm not really sold on a lot of these guys. You know, I mean, I put I put Richardson in the same basket as Levis. Um, and then I would probably put C.J. Stroud second. I know he didn't do good on that test, but I didn't, I didn't really do good on standardized tests either, you know. So... <laughs> I'm not holding it against him. Um, so I'd probably say him second and then uh, Hooker third. And then I would put, you know, the other two guys, Levis and Richardson, together. And, you know, there's probably somebody out there that we're not even thinking about from one of these schools that we don't cover that's going to end up being the quarterback uh, in this draft that we talk about for years, you know, like, like a Tom Brady, you know, or something, you know, like because – quarterback has become such a big position in college sports and those guys that even at the smaller schools you throw the ball so much you got to read and do so many different things i think that we're going to find out later on that really the second best quarterback is somebody we're not even talking about Merrick, catch us up again on where people can find and follow you yeah, man, check me out uh, at Broadcaster Mick, uh, MickTheBroadcaster.com, my website. Um, you know, obviously right now I'm full uh, swing with football. Uh, you know, now that we're in the off season, talking baseball all the time too. So, hey, guys, great seeing you and uh, roll tide. Absolutely. I got to head to class, guys. Great talking to you. One quick stat. Alabama has had 40 players drafted in the first round since 2010. That's nearly double the amount of players of the next closest school, Ohio State 21. Good note. Go to class. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. 
Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA. An equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home 2 Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. Luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Fiore, Grayson, and Mizzen and Main. And if you haven't tried the Mizzen and Main dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. Did you know not washing your hands after using the bathroom can increase the spread of hepatitis A? Washing your hands with soap and water, as well as getting vaccinated, is the best way to protect yourself if you are at risk of getting hepatitis A. One dose of the hepatitis A vaccine provides long-lasting protection in up to 95% of those who receive it. For more information on the hepatitis A outbreak in our state, visit alabamapublichealth.gov forward slash IMM. Sponsored by the Alabama Department of Public Health, the ABA, and this station. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Goodfeet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. from zero to 60 way too fast. <laughs> Who knew electric vehicle owners were having so much fun? 20 or 30 years ago, I owned a, a gas sports car, and this car is much quicker. It's a great, fun car to drive. When you put your foot on the accelerator, it just goes. They're fun, they're fast, they're efficient. Visit driveelectricalabama.com to learn how you can start having fun driving an electric vehicle. Sponsored by the Alabama Clean Fuels Coalition, the ABA, and this station. From our home base, right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. Big Noon Sports being brought to you by Haley Fence. Thank you, Lars is uh, finishing up class. This is the last week of school. That means finals. Um, that was always a little bit trying for me when I was in school because you're trying to balance so many different things. But I'm not going down that road. We've got the draft to talk about. 
And we've got Tyler Buckner to talk about, who was transferring, entered the portal, what, two days ago? And now he's already uh, transferring to the University of Alabama. I think uh, we have briefly touched on this, Christian, but there's one common vein here. And he's, what, 31? And I'm talking about Alabama's offensive coordinator. I'll look up the numbers on him. But he coached Buckner at Notre Dame. You got to think he's the reason why he's coming to Alabama. Is that pretty plain and simple to you, Christian? Yeah, man. I mean, it's straightforward. He coached him at Notre Dame. Uh, Tyler Buckner is going to be familiar with his system. You know, Alabama has an open quarterback battle right now, and he's going to insert his name in that race. And, uh, again, I don't think this was unexpected. I think this is very expected. I don't think anybody's truly shocked, right? I mean, that that's what quarterback competitions are, are about. Uh, we see it in the NFL all the time, right? A team will have a guy they drafted – uh, the past year, they'll have a guy that might be a veteran on the roster, but then they'll go and sign another veteran that has some playing experience. Um, because, you know, competition truly brings out the best of everybody. Now, I know you have to be uh, wary of guys leaving and going into the transfer portal, and that definitely is uh, a valid concern. But at the same time, uh, competitors want to compete. And, you know, just because a guy is transferring in does not mean that he is guaranteed a job or a spot. He's going to have to earn it, and he's going to have to compete. And, uh, you know, everybody's going to have uh, things that work in their favor. You know, the guys like uh, Ty Simpson, Jalen Milrow, they're going to have the benefit of already being here, being in the program. Uh, you know, certain things that, that their skill sets offer that uh, the others might not have. And then Buckner's going to have the, the advantage that he played for Tommy Reese. He's familiar exactly. with that system and scheme. Um, he's got some experience playing against Ohio State in a big game. He played against uh, South Carolina in a big bowl game and came back to win in, a, in an extraordinary fashion. So, uh, again, that's what football is about. It's about competing. I think ultimately these guys are going to compete and battle it out. Uh, I can't say who's going to stay and who's going to leave if anybody decides to leave. Um, that's to be determined. But at the end of the day, uh, you just have to let this whole thing play out. Uh, the coaches – uh, do their homework, right? You know, Coach Saban, that coaching staff, they're not just going to say, oh, Tommy Reed's bringing whoever you want to bring in. They're going to do their homework. They're going to do their due diligence. They had to sign off on everything. And if they think it's the right decision to let him come in and compete for a job, then I, I don't see anything wrong with it. I think it's totally fine. Uh, you know, I go back to what you're talking about. I, I don't think it's a bad look, Matt, personally, because, again, this just reminds me of 2014. There was no proven starter going into that season. They brought in Jake Coker, who transferred from Florida State. Everybody assumed that, oh, he's going to be the guy. And guess what? Blake Sims ultimately won the job. And who does he yeah. remind you of? Jalen Milrow. So, again, it, it's, I, don't, I don't think Tyler Buckner's you know, the definite starter. I still give everybody a fair chance um, because, again, they're going to go with the guy who gives the team the best chance to win football games. And that's where I think all these guys have something to offer, right? And breaking down Tyler Buckner, you look at him, what does he offer? I said it on the last hour. I don't think he's an elite level player yet. And that's okay because in this system, you know, you have a stable of running backs, right? I mean, you got Justice Haynes, Jam Miller, uh, you've got Jason McClellan, you got Roydell Williams. Those guys are going to have the quarterbacks back. He doesn't have to do too much. He doesn't have to be too fancy. He doesn't have to be too pretty. 
right? They have talented receivers. Yes, they need to clean up the drops, but they have uh, an arsenal of receivers who just have to keep continue, continuously getting better. They have a big, solid offensive line. So the quarterback at Alabama does not have to be any anything fancy, if, if we're being honest. He just has to make the throws, take what the defense gives him, throw the checkdowns, hand the ball off, and, and then if you're in crunch time when it matters most, be poised and confident that you can go out there and lead your team to, to, to victory. And I think that he gives them that, that ability. I think Jalen Milrow does because we saw him do that against Arkansas when he had to fill in, right, when everybody was raving about him. I haven't necessarily seen Ty Simpson in that situation or environment yet, but I have no doubt that he's going to be able to do that if he needs to. And, and here's the thing, Matt. Look, it, I think now – Everybody just wants instant results. But they have to realize, guys are still developing. Like Ty, uh, Ty Simpson, he's a young guy. It's okay if he's not necessarily ready right now. That doesn't mean you have to write him off. That doesn't mean he's uh, not all that he can, he's, he's written up to be. He just might not necessarily be ready at this moment. And that's okay. You know, he's a young guy. He's a redshirt freshman. Uh, he might just need some more time to develop. I'll tell you myself, I wasn't a quarterback, but I wasn't truly – ready to really play until probably towards the end of my second year on campus. I had to develop physically. I had to keep learning the game, keep adjusting to the speed of the game. Because the the biggest, the, the most difficult transition, Matt, is going from high school to college. It's not necessarily going from college to the NFL. It's going from high school to college. And a lot of these guys are in that transition. So sometimes it takes guys a little bit longer than others. And that's okay. And uh, that's why they have time to get in the weight room, to keep working through spring practice, Summer uh, conditioning programs, keep building that chemistry. I think ultimately, Matt, I say all this to say, I think it's going to work out, right, how it needs to work out. I mean, you look at a team like Georgia, they don't necessarily always have spectacular quarterback play, right? I, I think the team as a whole makes those guys a lot better, and uh, I think that's what we'll see at Alabama moving forward. But uh, they, I will say they also do have Julian Sand, uh, quarterback commit for 2024, who's a top quarterback recruit. Uh, and I say that because I remember someone saying, like, oh, we, we might uh, have seen the last of the days of the elite quarterback position at Alabama. And I'm like, no, that's that's not true. We have, you know, guys that are recruiting that are coming in. We have guys who still could be that. They haven't played a snap. That you're just going off what you saw in the spring. So I just advise people to pump the brakes and let it play out the way it needs to be played out. Christian, you made a really good point, something I concur with 100% about the quarterbacks that are in the room and the one that's on the way and what advantages they have. Well, obviously, being at Alabama for a couple of years gives these guys an advantage. But I think, and, and we could, we could also just agree that it's a tie as to who has the most advantage. But I think coming in with Rees and coming in with a knowledge of his offense, but Tyler Buckner may actually have a little bit of an edge. Yeah, Matt, and he can. But then my argument to that, or at least my counter, would be the quarterbacks that are already on campus are going to have, they're going to be further along with the chemistry of their teammates. Tyler Buckner has not played with any of these guys. He's going to have to develop that chemistry and those bonds and those relationships with his teammates, specifically the receivers, the offensive line, the running backs. And that will come. But I will say that that is a big advantage that the Ty Simpsons and the Jalen Milrose, those guys have over him. But you're right. It is a huge advantage that that Buckner is coming from Tommy Reese's system. He knows what's expected. He knows how he, he knows his role and what he needs to do to help the team win, 
with a coach like that. And so that definitely does give him a big advantage. But we have to we have to also remember that, you know, Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson have had a spring under their belt now that they've worked with Tommy Reese. So they've gained some progress there. Might not be as much as Buckner, but they've at least gotten some progress there. And they'll have some more moving forward as we go into fall training camp coming up. Do you see a possibility of Alabama picking up another transfer in another position? I guess you really never know these days, do you, Christian? No, you don't know. I saw that there are reports that a UAB safety was actually visiting Alabama. Um, so I guess that's a potential possibility right there. Um, but, yeah, and Matt, to answer your question, I, I think there is a chance. Um, but really, there's just no telling. I mean, there's a chance they still lose a guy or two. Um but I think these coaches are well-versed and well-equipped for all these scenarios. You know, I think they're finally starting to settle in with the idea that the transfer portal um, is here and is pretty much here to stay at this point. Uh, they're familiar with the, the rules of it and the time frames and windows that are involved. So um, I think they're they're equipped and prepared for any situation that might come up. But, again, I just saw so many, you know, bright spots and, and, and positive things from A-Day. Um, that I, that I am very optimistic for this team. Yes, so there are a lot of question marks still out there, of course. That's for every program out there in the country. Um, but I, I'm very optimistic about this team, um, specifically just because of what I saw from the defense. I was very impressed, and it just reminded me of kind of you know that that style of play that that we've grown accustomed to seeing from Alabama. And I think that's huge. You know, as a defender myself, we always used to say, if they don't score, they don't win. And I think having a great defense, and I, it's not even I think, I know this. When you have a great defense, it provides so much relief on the offense and even the quarterback because he knows, hey, you know, I don't necessarily have to put up 40, 50 points if I know my defense is going to hold them under 21. I can, I'm not saying he wants to turn the ball over, but if he makes a mistake and turns the ball over, he has trust and confidence that his defense is going to go out there and get a stop and give him the ball back, you know, to redeem himself and to put points on the board. So these are the things, if you know ball, those are the, the things that you pay attention to and you realize that, hey, we might not have Bryce Young dropping back in the pocket next year, but if we can have an outstanding defense that can limit the score, that's going to provide provide tremendous relief on the offense and make the quarterback's job that much easier while he's figuring out, you know, his transition and going through those growing pains that he's going to go through as, you know, being the newly named starter. And, and that's to whoever it is at the quarterback position. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. When we get back, let's go recruiting transfer portal and craft a few more avenues as we welcome in Andrew Bone. Stay with us. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, to 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. The Tucker and 
Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down. So she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part, it's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Tuscaloosa weather. We'll maintain the chance of some rain at times this afternoon, the high 72. Tonight, cloudy, a chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms, the low 60. Tomorrow, the chance of a shower early in the day, then becoming partially sunny, the high tomorrow at 75. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 66 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Morgan. We welcome in now from On3 Sports, Andrew Bone, who's going to talk some recruiting. And now recruiting means transfer portal. Um, I want you to touch on that real quick. Has it added um, another hour or two of work per day for guys like you? And and what can you tell us um, athletically and, and kind of from high school to now about Tyler Buckner? Yeah, you know, it, yeah, you know it's a crazy world we live in now with the um, with the transfer portal, the NIL. You know Tyler Bugner, uh, you know announcing his uh, new commitment to Alabama uh, earlier today. You know certainly a guy that um, you know two days ago, uh, you know we had you know no idea that he was potentially going to be uh, a, a target for the Crimson Tide. But you know coming out of high school, you know, this was on top. You know, high school quarterbacks in the country, top 100 type player. Um, you know, obviously went to Notre Dame, been working there under uh, Tommy Reese for, for the last couple of years. And, you know, this is a guy who's very athletic, um, smart kid, um, you know, runs in that uh, 4-5-40 uh, range, understands uh, Tommy Reese's system. And I think with Alabama, you know, I've, Going into, I would say back in you know December, January, you know, I think they kind of had their their eyes open to see if there were going to be any quarterbacks in the transfer portal that that could potentially come in and and make a tremendous big impact. And they just didn't see anybody at, at the time. You know, I think if somebody like Drake May uh, would have hopped into the portal, which we knew back then there were all sorts of rumors that he might. Uh, jump in the portal, then they probably would have had some interest. But Drake Bay didn't get into the portal. There wasn't really any, you know, I think they looked around, didn't see anybody, decided, hey, let's kind of go through the spring and see uh, see where we're at and then, uh, then make a decision on if we need to go after, um, you know, another quarterback and bring somebody in here that at least has some game experience. And I don't think they were necessarily thinking, 
let's go find a starting quarterback. I think, you know, they go through the spring practice. They decide they don't have a definitive starting quarterback just yet. So what are you going to do? And you start looking around who could potentially be in the portal. And, of course, you don't have anybody that's going to understand the system that's going to potentially get into the portal unless they worked for or, excuse me, worked under Tommy Reese. And so that's who they went after. They got him. Um, you bring him in. You try to figure out, you know, is he going to be the starter? Is he going to be a backup? Uh, I don't think he's necessarily looking at it as I'm going to Alabama to be a backup. I think he uh, he wants to be the starting quarterback. But he also knows that it's a wide-open competition, and it's going to be a competition, um, you know, going into the summer, into the fall, into August practice, and you know, you see all these different people that are, you know, upset oh, it could affect the team, you know I think, you know, Nick Saban and that coaching staff completely understands uh, the ramifications of bringing in another quarterback this late, and uh, if it could potentially, you know, cause somebody to transfer out and I don't think they're too worried about that I think they're you know confident enough and you know who's on the team as far as you know people who may stay or potentially somebody who may leave uh that they wanted to go ahead and bring in somebody and you know just let the best man win the job so that's where we're at I don't think there's any reason to get upset about it as we've kind of seen we've kind of seen Alabama fans on social media question why they would do this let them compete against each other and, you know, let the best man win the job. Yeah, Andrew, I agree with you 100% on that. I think you're spot on. Going back to A-Day, what were your overall takeaways from the game? Uh, Overall takeaways, I think the defense is going to be a lot better. Um, uh, I think they are uh, extremely talented, and, you know, they also are, you know, missing some – Missing some guys out there uh, from some injuries that are, you know, have been sitting out throughout the spring. Um, I'm really excited about, I think, the uh, the linebacker group. I think they've got a chance to be uh, really spectacular. Uh, you know, the secondary, you know, it's not as deep, and they brought in, you know, they brought in a, um, a transfer on um, – on Thursday, which is pretty intriguing to see kind of what happens there with uh, Jalen Key out of UAB. But, you know, they've got a lot of talent there, especially with, you know, I think Caleb Downs, in my opinion, is going to be a really spectacular football player. Is he going to be a special player as a true freshman? You know, there's going to be some growing pains probably, but uh, and he's going to learn pretty quickly, but he's got a chance to be a, a really uh, outstanding player. I think on the offense side of the ball, Offensive line looks really put together. Uh, they they were moving some guys off the ball. I think they they are going to be a lot better than they were last year. The that group uh, really strong. You know, was surprised by uh, and Nick Saban even said this. He was surprised by a lot of the drops from uh, from the receivers, um, just based on you know seeing the guys during spring practice. But I I still like the receiving group. I think they'll be they'll be good, and we'll just kind of have to wait and see how it how it all unfolds this fall. But um, but yeah, I'm I'm probably you know still kind of waiting to see what's going to happen on offense. You know, still you know, kind of a work in progress with the new OC, and you know, obviously with quarterback position, who's it, who's going to win that starting job 
once we get into August, but I think there's a lot of really good pieces um, that are going to be on the offensive side of the ball for whoever wins that job to work with. And um, the defense is going to be, they're going to be aggressive. They're going to be good. Uh, I think we're going to, you know, hopefully see, you know, that Alabama defense, you know, kind of back to, to what we were uh, used to seeing, um, you know, these last few years or, you know, during the, um, during the Kirby Smart years, I think with, um, you know, the, the guys that they've got on the team, um, especially on the outside, um, pass rushers, uh, they've got a lot of talent there and they're bringing in more talent. You know, Keon Keeley hasn't even stepped foot on campus yet. Um, not saying that he's going to come in and, and start off right away, but Keon Keeley, Yonsei Pierre, um, two five star outside linebackers that are, um, you know, pretty special players. They're going to come in and, and really provide even more depth. Uh, at that outside uh, linebacker position, so excited about that, and um, you know, really excited about the uh, you know the corners too. I mean, Kool-Aid's going to have, I think he's going to have an All-American year. Um, you know, Terry and Arnold, he's going to have a chance to really uh, improve. So um, yeah, I mean, just got to figure out. I think as long as they can figure out quarterback, they're and you know maybe get a little bit more depth. Uh, in that secondary safety position, they're going to have a chance to have a really good uh, upcoming season. Andrew, you got the NFL draft coming on tonight. How many Alabama players are you expecting to see come off the board in the first round? Ooh, good question. Hey, I was thinking about that earlier today. I would say at least three. Um, and we might see four. Um, and I, I think a lot kind of depends on, you know, Probably Brian Branch, um, you know, if he's going to end up going in the first round this evening, you know, it seems like Jordan Battle's probably going to be a, a day two guy. Um, but I, you know, obviously Bryce and Will uh, are going to be in that, you know, guest top five. Uh, I think Bryce will be number one. I think Will will be in the top. I'd be surprised if he's not in top three or four. Um, Jameer Gibbs is starting to look like. Um, you know, based on, uh, you know, you never know with all these mock drafts, um, you know, how accurate really? uh, they're going to be. But, you know, all these new mock drafts we're talking about, Jameer Gibbs is a first-round pick. You know, so we will see if that happens. But um, I would just say three or four. I, I don't think it's going to get to five. I, I don't think it's just going to be two. So somewhere in there. You know, you we start mentioning these numbers, and, and Alabama's close to eclipsing. I mean, I, I think it's a given. Yeah, I know it's a given. Uh, for, uh, I think, 15 years in a row with a first-round pick, uh, Miami and Alabama are currently tied at 14. Then um, you, you've got the overall total on number of players taken in all of the draft. Do you think... There's a chance that Alabama could get 15 players in the actual draft, not counting free agents. Whew. Um, yeah, it's possible. I mean, I think that there's obviously a lot of guys that are going out, got a lot of guys that are going to have interest, a lot of guys that have, um, you know, there was a good bit of guys that participated in that Um in the senior bowl, you know, it's going to be interesting to kind of see what the overall total number is going to be. Um, you know, 15, 15 is a lot. Um, yeah. you know, I, I think that, 
I don't know. I think it will probably fall under, but there are, you know, there are a lot of guys that are they're going to have a chance. But I would say the number is going to be under fifteen. Um, I think obviously, you know, we'll see guys like you know DJ Dell, Demarco Hellams, you know, Cam Latu. You know, all those guys are going to have a chance. You know, Byron Young, Emil Echior. Um, you know, obviously, Ricks is Toa, uh, Tyler Steen, and then obviously the guys that, that we had previously mentioned. Um, it's a solid group, and, um, you know, it's every single year. Um, you know, these these recruiting graphics um, are, easy, are easy for uh, for the graphics department at Alabama to produce because of the success that they have in the, uh, in the NFL draft every single year. And, and um, it's going to be pretty amazing to finally see a um, an Alabama guy get drafted uh, number one overall if that happens uh, this evening with Bryce Young and certainly uh, Alabama's best chance uh, for that to happen in a in a very very long time. Andrew, right. real quick. Oh, go ahead, Matt. No, I'm done. Oh, okay, I was going to ask Andrew real quick. Out of all these guys, do you have one that you would say is going to be a sleeper pick for a team that drafts them? You know, they might not be getting a lot of buzz right now. They're kind of flying under the radar, but you see them having, um, you know, a phenomenal NFL career. I love Byron Young. I mean, I, I just, Me I've always, I've always been a big fan of his. Um, you know, going back from high school, he's just a, you know, no nonsense. Uh, bring your lunch pail to work type player, physical, uh, get after. We've seen so many defensive linemen have had, you know, just a ton of success in the NFL uh, from Alabama. And guys that aren't day one or day two type picks, guys that, um, you know, have continued to have success in the NFL uh, that are signing, you know, second contracts and, and, um, I would just be really surprised if if Byron Young that has a you know long NFL career. Um, I think that that's just how good he is and you know, how strong, how powerful, how smart, um, and just how in shape he is. I mean, he keeps his body in shape, and um, I think he he did really well. Probably one of the most. Um, Underrated defensive lineman that that's played at Alabama. I thought his his past season um, was really good and, and really going to set him up for uh, for some success here in the pros. Tell everybody how they can follow Andrew Bone. Well, go to BamaInsider.com, part of On Three Sports. Uh, we're on there every single day, uh, putting out a lot of great content um, on the team and recruiting front. So go check us out, BamaInsider.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew J. Bone as well. Thanks, Bone. As always, appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. We intend to. Thank you, too. Uh, we've still got a couple of things we need to address here, especially with the draft tonight. And also with the prospects of Alabama having a new starting quarterback from Notre Dame. Be honest with you, Christian. It kind of bothers me he's coming from Notre Dame, to be honest. That's all right. Also, <laughs> uh, Patrick Reed's Porsche, the former Masters champ, had a half-million-dollar car. I'm going to tell you what happened to it. We'll get right back on Big Noon Sports, brought to you by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. 
the best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. When you get in, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back on Dialed us in. Hey, um... Just as we were going into the break, Christian, I um, I mentioned how a transfer from Notre Dame wouldn't sit well with me. And I'm going to go ahead and do a little history lesson, uh, history on this. Um, sure. Back in the 70s, if you mentioned the Fighting Irish around a Crimson Tide fan, you were very likely to catch one on the jaw. Notre Dame had Alabama's number the first four times they met, and a couple of the wins, I know in 73, cost Alabama a national championship, a unanimous national championship, at least in 73. But they beat Alabama by one in 73, by two in 75, and by three in 76. And then in 1980, they blanked Alabama in Tuscaloosa seven to nothing. Uh, so Notre Dame fighting hours beat up on Alabama early. Now, granted, the last couple of times when it really counted, we mashed Notre Dame in the playoffs and for the national championship. But I don't know if you've ever even heard about it, Christian. You're so young that um, Alabama doesn't, didn't like and probably still holds like I do much disdain for Notre Dame. Was Did that come up when y'all were playing them? No, it didn't. Um, and I don't. I think I ever played them. I know that we played them. I don't in, think you did. My yeah, best. I was about to say, we played before I got here. And then after I left, yep. they played them with, with Tommy Reese. It was actually the coordinator there, I believe. Uh, but no, but I, I mean, uh, I knew, you know, there was a lot of talk between the two programs, but I just figured because you're talking about two historical, uh, college football programs, but I didn't realize there was, uh, bad blood, uh, you know, going back to some games like that, that you were just mentioning in the seventies. Yeah, um, I mean, I can believe it or not, I was pretty young when all this stuff was happening. I was in high school, but for the first couple anyway. But, uh, yeah, um, I can't think. Let's see, other teams, and you never experienced this because y'all never lost. But there are a couple <laughs> teams that, that Alabama, uh, that Alabama fans, no, most notably the, the ones more about, you know, baby boomers, but don't like mm-hmm. Notre Dame. Uh, all time haven't liked Tennessee, but uh, not really. What about Texas? Is yeah, Texas that's exactly one of those or no? Yeah, that's that's a big one too, and that goes back to the seventies and a Cotton Bowl game there, where many believe the officials just blew a call. I think it was Namath trying to get into the end zone, but um, you know, not, Alabama has not dominated every program in the nation. Uh, there are a few, but very few that uh, have been able to at least keep up with them now. 
Um, and uh, Notre Dame is one of them, but we'll see how much better they are for me later on in the season. I don't know if you got the text I just sent you, but this is on Patrick Reed. He won the Masters Championship in 2018. Let me go through this story. I think it's pretty cool, and you're a car guy, and you'll think this is uncool. Uh, after winning the Masters, he bought a $450,000 custom-made Masters Edition Porsche. Beautiful mm. ride. But if you go online and look at it, it's a it's a pile now. Um, it's been totaled out. There's a picture of it on a salvage lot, uh, and they check the car, then they check the VIN number, and it matches Patrick Reed. It only had 400 miles on it, and that's what, 19, 20, 21, 20. That's five years, 400 miles. But it's wow. pretty, it's pretty wrecked up in the salvage lot. And, but they're saying he was overseas. Um, he didn't even have access to the keys to the car. So you gotta Man. wonder, you gotta wonder, somebody steal it? Did maybe a son or daughter take it out and get it totaled? Um, yeah. I, I mean, my first guess would be, could have been a victim of theft. Yeah. Or as you just mentioned, yeah, maybe a family member. Um, maybe he was gracious enough to let a family member behind the wheel, um, without him in attendance. That's why I've always been weird about other people driving my cars. And again, I'm just speculating. I don't know exactly what happened, but I did see what you sent me and I actually saw a glimpse of it yesterday. Um, cause man, like you said, I am a car guy and, uh, uh he, he had this, this Porsche 911 GT2, which is extremely nice car. Done in like that master's green with the yeah. yellow accents. I mean, truly, you know, special and, and obviously it's very sentimental, right? Uh, cause it came after him winning the master's. Yeah. And just to see it in that condition, Matt, gosh, man, it hurts my heart. Reading up on it, still sold for, uh, was it a hundred and thirty some thousand dollars at auction? I know it was uh, upward of. Uh, oh, all wrecked up. It's sold. Yeah, all wrecked up. Yeah, and I could be a little off, but I know it was between 120 and 150. I want to say it was 130, but, uh, yeah, somebody still was, uh, interested in purchasing it. I don't know the extent of the damage. Obviously, we can both say by looking at it, it's not pretty. I mean, no. uh, the, the right fender is completely off. I mean, it looks like, uh, it's a lot of, you know, a lot of the car is exposed. Uh, I mean, I can imagine all type of damage and, and, and repairs that are going to be, Need to be fixed on it, but man, I, just, I really am just curious to, as to what happened. If he wasn't uh, around, or you said he was out of the country, I'm, I'm very curious as to yeah. you know, what happened. You know, I mean, that's nuts. But Aiden has a good point. There's there's people on YouTube that take these, you know, these cars that have been completely destroyed and wrecked, and I mean, that look like you know they're unrevivable. It looks like you know that you might as well just go ahead and crush them, and um, they, they take these cars. And they take on this task of basically, you know, basically trying to salvage the whole vehicle and bring it back to life. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, one of these famed YouTubers or somebody participates in that, you know, bought this car in the auction. And then they anticipate trying to you know, rebuild it, get it back up uh, to its, you know, normal condition. Because, you know, they'll, they'll make so much money off of the publicity of them doing that. Or honestly, probably pay for a lot of what they paid for the car and the work. Wow. 
Uh, you did a dive into this thing. Uh, you know, in 18, um, he's never been a real popular tour player because he's kind of an arrogant, you know what, ask yeah. Roy McElroy. But in 18, when he won the Masters, much was to do about um, his family, his immediate family, like his mother and father were escorted off the grounds of the Masters because Patrick Reed's wife didn't like them or something. I mean, it was really, really bizarre, and I'm very loosely capsulizing this. But that makes me kind of wonder. I mean, somebody find the keys, decided to go do something to it? Uh, because it, oh, unless you, you might, saw something yeah. different, Christian, I didn't see how it was wrecked. Did you? No, I didn't see how it was wrecked, but, I mean, it clearly – was wrecked pretty bad. I mean, and uh, the only thing I would say is if someone intentionally did that, I pray that they're safe because that did not look pretty. Um, yeah. So that would, and if somebody was doing that with malevolent intent, uh, I hope they ended up okay because <laughs> that car was pretty pretty beat up. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to kind of you know, dive into that and kind of find out what exactly what exactly happened because. It's kind of it's kind of weird how it was just kind of swept under the rug, right? We're talking about a you know pretty big golfer, a guy that won a Masters, and yeah. this, this vehicle was literally tailored to him winning the Masters. <laughs> it just shows up in a, in an auction, totaled, total a four hundred fifty thousand dollar vehicle. Total. What do you think uh, the insurance? What do you think the annual uh, insurance premium was on that car? I don't know the numbers, but I can know. All I can tell you is this. I've had that C8 Corvette. I've had a Hellcat. Uh, insurance on sports cars, especially to that nature, are not cheap. And then we're talking about a Porsche, you know, a $450,000 Porsche. So that's even higher than those two, probably those two put together. So, man, oh, I couldn't even imagine that. I sure would like to have one. If anybody wants to give me one, that's the only way it's going to happen unless I bust up the lottery here soon. You're listening to Big Ten <laughs> Sports. Back to wrap this up with Christian Miller in a moment. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home 2 Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. 
Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOM. An equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station, the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. We'll maintain the chance of some rain at times this afternoon, the high 72. Tonight, cloudy, a chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms below 60. Tomorrow, the chance of a shower early in the day, then becoming partially sunny. The high tomorrow at 75. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 66 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. by Haley Samsung Union Home Mortgage. The draft is tonight. Alabama has picked up a quarterback in the transfer portal, Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame. I kind of want to wrap this up with the draft, though. I'd like to see Alabama set a new record for the number of players from one team being taken in the draft. It's really, really borderline I believe Georgia holds the record from the national championship, maybe the last year, actually, with 15. I think Miami had 14 one year. Alabama's had 14. Uh, but we will soon see. But I want to go inside uh, your helmet a little bit, Christian. We've talked about your draft experience, and you were able to just kind of keep it at bay and, and be calm. But I don't know if I could do that, not that I have the athletic talent. But I think it would be very, very difficult for the couple of days, maybe even more than that, leading up to the NFL draft to not think about it constantly. I don't, you weren't that way, were you? Well, before I talk about my draft experience, man, I want to talk about my good feet experience real quick because it's helped me tremendously dealing with some foot pain, <laughs> knee pain, and back, back pain that I experienced since playing football for so long. So if anybody out there is in that type of pain, head on over to the good feet store in Midtown Village. You won't be disappointed. It's try before you buy. You've got nothing to lose. If you like them, you can walk out of the store that very same day. Or you can go to goodfeet.com to schedule an appointment. Again, that's goodfeet in Midtown Village in Tuscaloosa or goodfeet.com to schedule an appointment. Goodfeet, improving the quality of people's lives two feet at a time. And on to my my experience with the draft, man. I'll be honest. Uh, what I was doing in the days leading up to the draft, I was still working out. Uh, obviously, I wasn't training, you know, like I was when I was gearing up for pro day or the combine, but working out to stay in shape, doing some football specific drills, working on my craft. But then what I also was doing was a lot of fishing. Now, I love to fish. This is the time for me to kind of get away, kind of, you know, ease my mind and kind of just relax. And so I had ample time on my hands. So I would, you know, go fishing, you know, that would kind of keep me busy, uh, help kind of keep the, the anxieties of, you know, where I'm going to be at, who am I going to play for, you know, what round I might go in. Uh, it, it always is nice when you can kind of stay busy and kind of just stay in the moment, be present. And so that's what I would try to do. So I was, you know, hanging out with my buddies that were here in town and also working out here and doing some fishing and uh, working out and just gearing up for it. But that's really all you can do, Matt, uh, because, you know, the reality of it is it's out of your control. It's out of your hands. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all you can do is, Know that look, the hay is in the barn. You've gone out here. You, you first it started during the season with your film, right? You've gone to pro day. You've gone to the combine. 
You've done all these tests, whether it's the new S2, which everybody's putting so much freaking <laughs> emphasis on, which I think yeah. is borderline dumb. But, uh, you know, the Wonderlick test, you know, all these personal tests and surveys that these specific teams send you, right? Because people don't talk about that, but individual teams will send you tests that they want you to take, whether it's testing your cognition, yeah. yeah, whether it's testing your cognition, whether it's testing your decision making, whether it's, you know, football related or non-football related. There's all types of tests and uh, just things that you have to go through. You've already done all that. The work is done. You've had all these meetings, all these conversations. When the last few days are boiling down, the only person you're really talking to is your agent because he's the one now. He's kind of in, uh, in uh, contact with, you know, these scouts or these, you know, managers or whoever it may be. He's the one discussing things with them, kind of get – he's the one actually making calls saying, hey, you know – where do y'all see Christian? You know, do y'all, do y'all see him as a second round or third rounder? If he's there, do y'all plan on taking him? I know you guys like him a lot. And so you can discuss with your agent, you know, and kind of get an idea. But the, the, the other thing about that too, Matt, is there's a lot of frivolous conversations that are being held, if I'm being honest with you, because yeah. you talk to a lot of guys. I mean, they end up getting drafted by a team they didn't really have contact with. I was on the show with Bo Scarborough the other day. We were talking about our experiences. Uh, Carolina, I was one of those guys where Carolina told me that they were highly interested in me. Uh, Ron Rivera saw my dad uh, back home in Columbia and told him, you know, how much he thought of me as a player and was very intrigued with me. And ultimately they ended up drafting me. I even had one of their scouts tell me, you know, don't tell anybody this, but we anticipate taking you, uh, if you're still there. And uh, I was still there, and they took me. But then I talked to Bo Scarborough, who said he had conversations that he would be a mid-round pick, and he ended, ended up not being drafted until the seventh round. And it was to the Dallas Cowboys, who he said he not once spoke to. Huh. Uh, so you just have to take everything with a grain of salt, Matt. You just really don't know. And uh, I tell everybody this. It's not about where you go. It's about what you do when you get there. It doesn't matter about what round, what pick. Um, you could be undrafted and play 10 years and you could be drafted in the second round and play two years. You know, it's all about what you do with that opportunity. And lastly, what I'll tell these guys is that if you are in this position, this opportunity, make sure you're giving thanks to all the people that helped you get there because you wouldn't be here without uh, all the help from the coaches, your family, the support system that you have. Um, and I think it's vital that guys make sure that they recognize that and they go back and, 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 Make sure they're, they're very appreciative of this opportunity and all the people that helped them get there. Um, because again, it takes a village to get to this position. And, uh, I know these guys are very grateful for the, yeah, their opportunity, but I always remind them, you know, don't, don't be afraid to, you know, reach out to an old coach, to reach out to an old friend or someone that believed in you that, that helped you get to where you're at, whether it was helping you get to practice and, you know, Pee Wee Pop Warner or, uh, you know, just, you know, support you while you played in high school. So that would be my advice to these guys. But uh, best of luck to all the guys that are, you know, hoping to hear their name called tonight. And if not tonight, the next couple of days. And if they don't hear their name called, don't give up. You still have uh, plenty of opportunities on your hands. So looking forward to the draft tonight and uh, excited to see where our guys go. Uh, as we roll out here, Christian, do you fly fish? No, I don't. I just regular fish, bass fish, and go, uh, you know, offshore a little bit. But don't fly fish. I need to try it, though. Yeah, I would love to do that, especially since um, most fly fishing is for trout, is it not? And I love trout. I think that's right, yeah. And I love trout. Uh, next week, we'll get Tuscaloosa's famous Sammy Lee on. 
professional angler, and we'll talk some fishing, okay? Sounds good, Matt. Have a great day. Good luck to the draft and all those involved tonight. Have a great day.